I feel like this is kind of our, uh, our last moment of calm before the storm, like our, our last peaceful moment before chaos breaks out, um, because in about 45 minutes, everybody's going to be running different places and carrying things out and trucks and trailers and did we get everything and where does it go and getting over to the building and lunch and all that's going to happen over there. There's just going to be this pandemonium that's going to break out uh, in about 45 minutes. And this is, this is kind of our last moment in this setting uh, to, to breathe in what God has done and who God is and has been to us and how He has guided us. I'm not, I'm not a real nostalgic kind of person. Um, uh, you know, I, I like appreciating the past, but I, I typically live facing forward, and I, even now it's hard for me not to shut off the part of my brain that's thinking about everything that has to get done after the service today and this afternoon and this week before next Sunday. Um, but this, we're wrapping things up here, um, which is amazing that we're even at this point, two and a half years in. That, that God has been so good to us, uh, so poured out so much of His blessings and Himself and His love on us that we would even get to have this day. Uh, it was March 8, 2015, uh, the first time anybody worshipped here uh, in, this, in this place. How many of you were here that first, very first night? Yeah, yeah, a bunch of hands. Uh, here's a picture. I brought a picture. Um, for some reason, I remember what I was wearing that night. I, it's burned in my brain, or I've looked at the picture so many times. That was the first night. I know it's kind of dark probably from where you're sitting, but uh, you can see the, the church pews that were in the back. Those of you who were here, or if you've been through next, you, maybe you know the story. Uh, I had never seen this room when I asked if we could use it, and it turns out, as you would expect in a traditional funeral home chapel, there were white wooden pews, uh, but they had, they had donated all of them to Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A was building a chapel, and so they were going to donate all those to, to Chick-fil-A, and they were supposed to be gone, and they weren't gone, so we used about 10 of them, and then, if you remember, we stacked 10 more pews in the lobby and tried to cover them up. With curtains, we were we were um, really high fashion back then. We we just did whatever we had to do. You, you remember the chandeliers? <laughs> yeah, the chandeliers are still in this picture. Um, the even smaller stage. Yeah, there they are. That's a better picture uh, of the chandeliers. Uh, you guys up front are lucky. You didn't have to sit in uh, folding chairs uh, today. That's how it was at the beginning. Uh, the sound booth, you can see it back in the back. I think there's another picture. We used to have the sound guys right back over there, and then there were too many of you coming, and so we had to chase them off into the closet uh, where we have kept them hidden uh, low these past two years. Uh, but that's, that's where we started. We thought, we thought we had plenty of room. You know, God didn't think so. Um, here's another one. This, maybe this is the second service. Yeah, this is, this is the second service. Chandeliers are still there. Uh, you can see our high-tech projector and screen that was sitting right over here. 
And uh, so we went that route for a while. Um, what's the next one? Yeah, I think that's the second service as well. A uh, lot of you were here. How many of you are here for the second service? First or second? How many of you came in the first month? You say, I wasn't here, at the, maybe I wasn't here the first one, but the first month I snuck in. Yeah, okay. Um, how many of you came between the first service and before the launch Sunday, which was August 9th, maybe, of 2015? How many of you came in that window before we did the, I forget what the series was, but the launch Sunday? Yeah, some of you aren't sure. You're kind of doing, I don't know, it was two and a half years ago. Um, so everybody else, if you came launch day or after, that's everybody else. If you haven't raised your hand, raise your hand up real high. Yeah, because you came. Some of you just aren't hand-raising people, are you? It's, like, it's okay. Jesus is okay with you raising your hands. This was our first um, Good Friday service. Not the one we did this year, but we did one in 2015. How many of you came to that? Yeah, I know we had a lot of people here uh, that night. Uh, and then we got really fancy. Uh, we got fancy, and we got these TV screens, and we got backdrops, and, and we got really fancy. But the good thing is that God was at work whether we were fancy or not. You know, God was at work even though we were meeting in a funeral home. And, you know, the weirdest of places to start a church, that God just was good. Uh, and... and uh, as we got so much to do this afternoon, it's just good for us to remember the goodness of God over these past two and a half years. Um, those early days were incredibly crazy times, if you were here, just trying to get from one Sunday to the next Sunday and make sure we were ready for whatever was going to happen, and then trying to decide, are we even going to be a church, or are we... What does that even mean? What, what do we have to fill out? Can we take an offering? I, I say this a lot, but like my goal in the early days was just not to go to jail, right? Because I had never started a church, so I didn't know what was legal and not legal. And I'm like, look, I just don't want to go to jail. Don't give any money yet. I just want to make sure I don't go to jail before you give any money. So, I mean, we, I didn't know anything. I'd never done this before. And, uh, you know, a lot of you, this is the first time. Uh, for you as well, but everything just kind of started so fast, and there were people, and then we had to figure out what to do with the people, and how to get organized, and how to have volunteer teams, and, and what our youth were going to do, and what our kids were going to do, and we're, we're going to have worship leaders on Sunday. Um, it, I, I share this in Next, and I've shared it in some other environments, but some of you haven't been through that. So, the, the start of Journey, it, it, it came about during a, a dark time in my life, a difficult time in my life. Things had gone south at another place that I was at, and, and my girls and, and Julie and I were just talking about it this week, just how we felt in that moment. It's easy now to look at this day and go, oh, everything was great. But we didn't know this day was coming two and a half years ago. We didn't know what was coming. We didn't know if anything was coming. And so we sort of reminisced about a, a, an evening on the couch and, and tears and loneliness and frustration and, and anger and betrayal and like all of these harsh emotions all rolled into this big ball. 
that we handled and, and prayed through as a family. Um, and then that night, everybody goes to bed, and I don't go to sleep. Uh, it was several nights before I would sleep, but that particular night, I, I got up at four in the morning and went to my office and uh, just pulled out my Bible where I'd been reading. I'd been reading Genesis. I was into Exodus at the time and just started reading there in Exodus chapter 23, uh, verse 20. If you come to journey for very long, you're going to hear this verse. Because I came to this point where God is speaking to Moses in Exodus 23, 20, and he says, See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. I'm always careful to to say, let's keep it in context. God's talking to Moses about the, the Hebrew children in the wilderness, very specific promise to Moses. But there's some timeless promises too, some timeless principles like God saying, look, I'm with you. And that's what I felt at four in the morning at, sitting at my desk that, that night was God saying, look, I'm, I'm with you and I'm already ahead of you. Like you don't know what's, out, what's coming, but I've, I'm already ready where I'm going to lead you. I'm just waiting for you to step out and start walking in that direction because I've already got this and I'm already preparing what's ahead. And I didn't see today, but God saw today. Like God already knew that we're going to get there. And you don't know it yet. And you're going to do a lot of worrying. And you're, you're going you're to be anxious. I, um, I didn't mention this in the first service. Uh, the, before the second service, I was putting together, remember those three-piece journey banners? They're back here covering up stuff right, right now. But the second time, we, I mean, I thought we were like big stuff because we had this journey logo banner thing out in the front. It came in the mail like Friday, and I was in the lobby. I was putting it together, and I had these, this incredible chest pain, like this tightness, and I couldn't breathe. And I thought, I'm going to die in this funeral home. <laughs> and we've had one service. I'm going to die right here in this stinking funeral home. And finally, I, I get up and I walk outside to get some and see if it'll go away and get some fresh air. And um, longer funny story. Oh, this is going to be recorded. Um, <laughs> the two ex-wives of the person who built this place were circling the parking lot in like a Cadillac. I, I'll tell you that story when it's not being recorded. But anyway, I get into a conversation with them. I ended up giving them a tour of the building. And then I went back and I finished up my science. I went to the doctor the next week, okay? The doctor said, you're fine. You're just freaking out. So, um, but it was that sort of thing at the beginning for, for me and for our family. It was just this wait and like, is this going to happen? Or what? Are we crazy for thinking that this might actually be something and that, that, that God might actually work? Um, and the crazy thing is you've all decided to come along too, right? I mean, it's one thing for me to be crazy, but like all of you were crazy too. Like that we would come to Chandelier Funeral Home Chapel and we would stick our kids in, in funeral home viewing rooms for kids ministry. Right? Y'all are weird. Y'all are just weird. Um, I, I was reading not long ago. 
Kind of a similar historical spot for Moses and the nation of Israel is that Exodus verse. This is in Deuteronomy. They're in the wilderness, and Moses is just conveying the words and the teachings of God to the nation. Ten Commandments. He's just, God's speaking to Moses. Moses is talking to the people. And I was reading along Deuteronomy 6, 7, 8. And I was struck, I don't remember noticing this before, I was struck by how often God told the people when, how often he used the word W-H-E-N. When it happens, when it happens, here's some examples, Deuteronomy 6. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your father, when that happens. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, this is Deuteronomy 7.1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you're entering to possess. 7.2. And when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them. Deuteronomy 8.10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. I love that God's constant word to his people in the wilderness right? Anxious. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We're having chest pains. God's, God's word to his people was, look, I've already figured it's going to happen. When it happens, you don't know it's going to happen, but I know it's happening. And when it happens, not if it happens, not it might happen, not maybe it's going to happen. God's word to his people was, when you see this happen, this is what I want you to do. And I'm glad that God had a win for us. He had a win for us to get started and a win for us to launch and a a win for us to go to two services and a win for us to baptize people and a win to grow our kids and youth ministry and a win and a win. And and he had this day, when this day comes, I I didn't know that this day was coming. Shortness of breath in the lobby. You could not have convinced me this day was coming. But God, if I'd have been listening, God would have said, hey, when that day comes, here's what I'm going to do. When that happens. The struggle is God doesn't tell us when the when is going to happen. Have you noticed that in your life? God doesn't tell us when the when's going to happen. Even when he tells us it's going to happen, if, if two and a half years ago, God would have like shown me a, a video clip of this, I wouldn't have had chest pains, right? I would not have gone to the doctor. I would not have thought I'm dying in a funeral home. I would have gone, oh, okay, it's going to happen. I'm good. God doesn't say two and a half years and it's going to happen. God says, when it happens, you just got to trust me till we get there. You got to trust me. You got to walk. You got to deepen your faith. You got to step out and take risks you got to walk by faith and not by sight, because I know you don't see everything that's coming in front of you. You've got to trust me. It would be nice to think that we would be just as faithful and just as trusting if God told us the when. And that's what I want to think. What I want to think is if God had told me that day in the lobby about this day, Man, I would have prayed just as hard, and I would have believed just as hard, and, and I would have worked just as hard. I'm just not sure I would. I, I'm human like you. And I think for those of us who walk with God for very long, if we're honest, we'd say, look, the time that my faith grew and deepened, deepened was when I didn't know the when, 
Like I didn't know when it was going to change, when it was going to turn, when the answer was going to come, when the child was going to come back, when the thing was going to happen. I didn't know when. I didn't even know if it was going to happen. And I had to lean on God even more during those times. That's why he doesn't tell us when the wind's coming. Sometimes he tells us what to do when it comes. Hey, this is going to come, so you're going to need to do this. Sometimes he told the nation of Israel, hey, here's what you need to not do when that day comes. But God's not real big on opening up the calendar and circling a date and saying, it's going to be right here. Everything's going to work out on the 17th. You just wait. He just says, follow me. Trust me. Believe in me. Know that I'm beside you. Know that I'm in front of you. Know that I know where you're going, even though you don't know where you're going. And so all we can do is just keep following behind him. And that's, that's the story of how we got started. Is we just tried to do the next thing that God was telling us to do. I, I remember having to tell myself early on, you're going to get up. You're going to do everything that you can do on Monday. And then when you turn the light out on Monday night, it's going to have to be enough. There's like, there was no way to get everything done early on. And then you're going to get up on Tuesday, and you're going to do everything you can do for Tuesday. And then at the end of Tuesday, it's got to be enough. You've got to leave it with God. You can't, you can't stay up every night wondering about all the things you didn't do. Because this, this isn't your story, and this isn't your thing. God's at work. You do the right thing. You do the next thing, and it'll be enough. Um, <clears throat> even, even this building process, and some of you are really new, so you, you hadn't been through that experience over the last year. I mean, everything's shiny right now, and the floor is great, and the carpet like, it smells good, and I laid on it the other day. I, I, I mean, it's like, man, shiny new. It's like great. I mean, I mean some of you have been here the last year, and you know. It's like, God, is this ever going to happen? I guess we take a step forward, and then we wait, and then we take a step, and we wait, and then I don't, I don't know, and then we sort of, and okay, we got to do this. And it was just that God saying, you don't know when, you just got to keep moving. I know it's popular now to have like a word of the year, like this is my word for the year. I, I've never really, I, I'm, not, I'm not pro or anti that, either one. If it works for you, that's awesome. If it doesn't work for you, it's not, it's not like a command in the Bible. Um, but I thought about that this year for some reason. For some reason in January, I thought, well, what, what would that... What do I think God would want me to just keep in my mind all year? And it was the word. It's not a spiritual word. It was the word forward. I just felt God say, you just got to keep moving forward. And it's, it's going to feel slow sometimes, and it's going to feel like you're bogged down sometimes. You just got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. And there's going to be setbacks, and you just got to keep moving forward. You got to keep walking. You got to keep walking in faith. You got to keep looking to me. You just got to move forward. And we've done that for a year on this building thing. Um, not only does God not tell us when the wind is going to happen, I've found that God never runs out of winds. It's not like there's a last wind, 
right? I mean, when you die, obviously that's it. But, but there's not like God says, all right, when this happens, then that's it. Like you're, it's all good from there. It's all easy. There's, you don't have to trust me anymore. You know, there's no more work that I have for you. God, God says when you get to the promised land, and then they get in the promised land, and God's got like all these other things. Okay, now when this happens, and when this happens, and when this, God doesn't run out of wins. When you get to one, now you're at a new position for God to open the door for the next one. Okay, what's the next thing? When we get to the win that God just told us about, God always has another win for us. Right? Just, just finding the courage to start this was a win. Just launching, going to two services. Oh, we got there, right? Right? Pla- numerical plateaus we hit. Oh, we got there. Baptisms we, oh, we got there. Kids ministry, youth ministry getting, oh, we got there. And, and every time God was saying, all right, hey, that's awesome. Now when this happens, now when this, now I want you to do this. It's one of the things I'm most excited about getting past today, as excited as I am about today. I, I'm excited about getting past today. So that we find out what God's going to say on the other side of this move. Because God's not moving us just to move us. We, um, some, some of you know, you follow me on social media or you've heard us talk about it. We moved our firstborn to college two weeks ago. It's our first time to go through this whole thing. Some of you have been through it. You're pros at it. This is our first time to kind of walk down that moving, moving a kid out and on their own. Our, our goal, though, with our oldest wasn't to get her moved. Our goal is what she's going to experience on the other side of this move. Like it wasn't just to have a nice dorm, you know, and fancy comforter and the way they decorate their dorm rooms, especially girls. I hope whoever Callie meets and marries didn't decorate his dorm like she did or... They're going to spend all their money on decorating stuff when they get married because just all this stuff, that, that wasn't the goal. The goal was we know that this move is going to put her in a place where she's going to learn and grow and she's going to have more opportunities. She's going to learn about herself and God's going to open doors for her to know what he's calling her to do. That's the way I feel about our move. It's like the goal is not to move. The goal is not to get there and see all the nice, shiny, and new stuff. The goal is to get there and say, God, where do we go from here? Like, what is your plan after this? Like, what's the new win? Like, what's the new ministry? What's the new place? What's the new door that you're opening for us? God's win is never a dead end. It's never a cul-de-sac. It's never a, okay, we did it. Now that's over. It's it's. It's always a ramp to a, to a new opportunity. Why does God do these things? Like why, why has God done what he's done the past two and a half years? Why, why, does, why does God open doors and give opportunities and, and do things that are unexplainable? Deuteronomy 7 talks about that, I think. This is verse 6. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be His people, notice this line, His treasured possession. God's saying, when you get there, when this happens, when this happens, you want to know why? 
because you are God's treasured possession. And he's speaking in the Old Testament context, the nation of Israel. God set up a people, and he's demonstrating what it looks like to be in relationship with God by this particular group of people. But today, those people are anyone who's put their faith in Jesus. And God says to that people, you're my treasured possession. Why have I planned ahead for you? Why am I looking down the road? Why do I have places that I want you to go and, and things that I want you to do? Because you're my treasured possession. Like, I love you. Verse 7. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. In other words, God says, look, it wasn't because you're like great and awesome. Like, don't get big-headed. Like, I'm not doing this because you're fantastic, awesome. But it was because the Lord loved you. Like, God just loved you because that's what He does. Because He is love. Because grace and mercy and goodness flow out of Him. It's God's character, not our doing and our works. Why did these things happen? Because God loves us. Because we're his treasured possession. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to our ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. That's God's way of saying, look, all the things that have happened, look back over these past couple of years, look, all those things, nation of Israel, Hebrew children, you were enslaved, you're in Egypt, you didn't know you were going to come out, you didn't know how that was going to happen. You know, all the, those things that have happened in your past, they happened because God loved you. So he treasures you because you're His. You belong to Him. And the things that have happened to us, not because we're awesome, not because we got it all together. We know what we're doing. Us coming together. Us having random chairs donated at random times when we needed them. All of those things. God's saying, I, I just did it because I love you. I'm just at work because I treasure you. It's not because you're great. Because God's great. God's love is great. just loved us and that that's going to stay the same when we move a lot of things are going to change um parking's going to change and building's going to change and getting in and out will be different setup will be different a lot of stuff's going most things are going to be a little bit different we um we kind of got used to it. Those, the people who stuck around, you kind of got used to the funeral home, didn't you? I mean, this is just where we, we are now. You know, you, you got used to where you come in and, and out and, the, you know, the casket lights. And you, just, you don't notice them. You just kind of got used to it. Probably freaked some people out and they didn't come back. But those of us who stayed, we just got used to it. And so we just sort of made our home here now. And it's going to be different. I mean, it's changes, transition when you move to a new, new house. It's going to be different. You know, it's not going to be different. God's love's not going to be any different. God's love's not going to be any different. God's plans, God's purposes, the work of the kingdom, it's the same over there as it is over here. It's not going to change. Verse 9 of Deuteronomy 7. 
Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He's the faithful God. Keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Like God's not going to change. He's faithful. The faithfulness that we have seen the last two and a half years, that same faithful God's going to be with us when we move. He's never going to change. It's going to be the same God of love and faithfulness. I, I, I tend to be, I, I tend to, to sort of run the spreadsheet of all the what ifs, just personality, mental illness, I don't know what it is. I just, I'm always like, what if, but what if? And, and, and worst case scenario, you know, it's like, oh, that could happen. What if that happens? Then we got to deal with that, and then that's going to trigger that. And sometimes that helps you make good decisions, right? Sometimes it helps you be prudent and, and make wise decisions. And sometimes it just makes you afraid. And whenever that part of me, that part of my mind begins to bend towards fear, I come back to God's faithfulness. Because I know that he's, he's got all of that. Like nothing has surprised him. He's still in control. He's still sovereign and reigning and beautiful and good and loving and kind. He's the same God that I met as an eight-year-old boy. He's the same God. He's been all throughout my life and all throughout my opportunities to do ministry. He's the same God that started this church, and he's going to be faithful. It's impossible for him to not be faithful. It's his nature. It's his character. It's who he is. And the faithfulness that we've seen since March 8th, 2015, that same God is going to be faithful after today. I want us to, I want us to wrap up in kind of a weird, kind of old school sort of way. I don't mean to freak you out, but I, I want us to I want us to close by standing and just finding somebody and take their hand. If you're new, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're not this weird all the time. But, I mean, this is our last day, and God's, God's been so good, and we've been so good. So don't let anybody just hang out there, right? Don't let anybody hang out. Reach up, grab somebody. Everybody touching somebody. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your faithfulness through these years, um, <clears throat> your commitment to somebody who'd never started a church and you know and us meeting in a weird place and not always having our act together and your belief that God was doing something in spite of all of that, um, your your willingness to to serve and to give of yourself financially in, in, our, in, our, in our offering but I mean in the early days you know just people we need something people just go get it and, uh, my family's grateful to you <clears throat> we were kind of on some rough waters and uh, we didn't know how that was going to go and, and lo and behold God sent you get to do this together and we get to celebrate this day together and we get to celebrate the newness together I'm grateful for that God we <clears throat> we don't understand your ways or your mind or 
how you do things. But we know why you do things, because you love us. And because you're faithful. And you've allowed us to make a home out of a funeral home. You've allowed us to baptize people and see people come to Jesus, preach and, and worship and love and care for one another, build relationships. We haven't been perfect at it. We're still figuring things out, but you've allowed us to grow together. And I'll always be grateful for the time that we were here. I'll always be grateful for UH4C and their willingness to give us space. Be grateful for people who committed to what you were doing. And I thank you for loving us. I I can't wait to see how your love's going to get expressed in this new chapter of Journey. And how you're leading is going to be bold and daring. And how many more people are going to step in the kingdom because of what you're doing through us. I pray it in Jesus' name.